This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick the Week podcast, episode 369, brought to you by Mandroid, Chris Hardwick's new comedy special available on CD and DVD from Comedy Central, and iFanboy listeners just like you. You said to Hey, 
to the iFanboy Pick Week Podcast, episode 369. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. Hello. And we are from the website for now, iFanboy.com, which is a... <laughs> I was trying to get to that, and I couldn't find it. Which, which, is a, a- which is a website all about the love and celebration of comic books that is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, every week, uh, we read a stack of comics, and then one of us goes back and writes our Pick of the Week comic book... Uh, Pick of the Week review of the comic book that we feel was the pick of the week, the book that we enjoyed the most. And then we come back here to talk about it on the podcast, as well as all the other great books that came out this week and other answer your questions and other great stuff. Uh, before we get to the show, a uh, couple of things. First, a quick reminder that we're going to talk about what happens in the comics. So if you haven't read your comic books yet, you might want to uh, press pause, come back and listen later, or you, you lest ye be spoiled. And we don't want to see that happen, so don't be spoiled. Um, and finally, if you're a big guy fanboy follower or a follower of me on Twitter um, or Josh or Connor or any or Paul, you might have noticed that we had some big news that was announced this past Friday. Uh, we're going to talk about it, but at the end of the show. So listen to some comics, enjoy it, and then we'll talk about our little internal stuff. Um, good times, though. So, good yeah. Uh, this week, Connor had the pick, and uh, Connor, take it away. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> practicing. Um, this week, the pick of the week is Batman number 16, the penultimate issue of the Death of the Family storyline from Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo. Jonathan Glapion, and also, you can't forget James Tinney in the fourth, and Jock, which I think people don't talk about enough, but we'll get to that. Agreed. Um, this was the issue where finally the Joker has planned, he's been planning since he's been gone, has been revealed where he has turned Arkham Asylum into a very disturbing uh, c- court for the king of Gotham, who he, who he considers Batman to be. So we've got a bunch of people welcoming Batman uh, by being forced to dance for days, and there's all kinds of... Uh, uh, the royal tapestries are burning horse, and there's a cor- uh, king's court, and there's a store of the stone, and there's all kinds of really creepy things. And this is where whatever darkness Scott Snyder has in his mind comes to fore. Oh, does it? And it really, he, re- he really does uh, excel in these creepy stories where he he clearly has he, the ability to go places that are that are deep and dark, and and it, what the result is you've got great, you know, almost horror tinged stories with these Batman. Um, this particular one. Is scary and it works in that sense. I, I just this is the this is this this is the part of the uh, the story where you really want to get to the finale. You know, you really you you. I was tense reading the whole time. It was, um, yeah. Every page turn is is like a heavy page turn. Yes, you know, and like, it's, there's all kinds of things that are being set up and you haven't revealed the big surprise, which is what's but underneath. You bought the platinum variant though. <laughs> so it was a. Literally, it's a heavy, Very. heavy turn. This is um, how you make money today. That's all I'm saying. Uh, there's a big reveal coming, and that hasn't happened yet. But you don't know that for sure. And you're turning the page. You know, each new thing is revealed as you turn the page. To, you know, Bat- the Joker has captured, as we know from the tie-in issues, which we'll get to in a minute. In a minute, uh, all the sidekicks—they're all captured in Arkham Asylum. I don't know if Batman knows that or not. He has turned the the employees of Arkham Asylum into his unwilling subjects. He has, you know, used the other rogues as his allies here. Who they're not totally willing, but they aren't unwilling to fuck with Batman. And it, there's a lot of things going on here, and you're just waiting for it all to explode. And it, ex- it explodes, at least it starts to explode by Batman arriving and beating the crap out of everybody to get to, to the Joker and Two Face and the Penguin and the Riddler, who are the final four uh, waiting for him. And uh, it's just been this has been a really fun and exciting and tense and nerve-wracking story. And this is one of the most tense and nerve-wracking chapters. Uh, of the entire thing. 
Yeah, probably the best one since the first. Yeah, no, I, I wrote I wrote a, a, an advanced review of this uh, on Tuesday after I read it, um, and I, I and it's funny because we've we, I've you know the past what the past two issues have come out on my week of the pick of the week, mm-hmm. and I got lambasted for not choosing them, um, but I had reasons for not choosing them, and and this issue, if you ask me, has been the best issue of Death of the Family because it it knocked down those reasons why I didn't choose the previous issues. Mainly in that I think Snyder is telling one of the best stories from him that I've read yet as of yet in terms of the Batman side. Like mm-hmm. it's so dialed into these characters and so dialed into what's going on. Um, but then the past two issues, I felt as if whether you know whether it was Capullo or or the Anchor uh, Cla- uh, uh, Glapion or whatever. But every night, na- like while Capullo is great, but the previous issues there was like one or two pages where I had a problem where there was like oh it looks rushed or whatever. But both Snyder, Capullo, Glapion, everyone was on point with this issue, and this is the tightest, strongest issue of the arc so far. The um, art was wonderful, and I meant yeah. to mention this in my review, but I, I forgot, and I feel bad. The coloring from FCO, FCO yeah, exactly. Uh, it was great. There's a, there's a great muted tone in the beginning. It sort of, it sort of looks fuzzy a bit as Batman enters the uh, the asylum when he has the fight with the flaming horse and the the guards. It, it's all smoky, and the pages look kind of smoky. It looks kind of fuzzy. Uh, really great job on production, and this was a great-looking issue. Yep. Um, great stuff from Capullo. And then the jock stuff, I, I, you, know, you, you tend to forget that jock's doing the backups. And the backups aren't throwaways. This is, these are important parts of the story. And if I've, I found, looking at the jock pages, wondering how creepy this would have been if he had done the whole series. And, yeah. and you know, that's not a knock on Capullo. Capullo's put a stamp on this book and it just, you, you, his Joker's, Jock's Joker's particularly disturbing. The page where he holds the gun to his head. Yeah. I think yeah. Is, it's sort of the per- oh. And you, you just wonder what kind of different take you would have had had Jock done it. Um, that, and that's the joy of this book is you've got these two great artists doing this in completely different kind of ways. Um, it's a wonderful looking book and story-wise it's just, you know, I, I can't wait for the next issue. I really need to know what's under the dome because something bad is under the dome. What What about? I mean, for me, the moment the 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 my favorite sequence was when um, Batman gets attacked. Like you said, the smoky kind of moment. But the the when Batman is on the horse, mm-hmm. like talk yeah. about like you know because it has echoes of Dark Knight. Yep, definitely. you know, and like, and like, that's kind of that's what I think has been the most interesting about uh, this run is that Snyder has shown such a reverence for what has become, what has become before him in terms of Batman, while adding adding to it. You know what I mean? Like, and and uh, making something new with with his stories, but also being you know mindful of the past. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah I think uh, Josh, did, did you have? I, yeah, uh, this was. Uh... This was the best of the Batman issues that I think I've read so far. I, I, I really liked it a lot. I liked that the horse paid off mm-hmm. yeah. from the from the backup story last time. Uh, I think it was odd that the, the the meme going around is that Scott hates horses. Um, <laughs> he does. Because then, yeah. then Batman has no problem letting the other one take the bullet, <laughs> the, the, the freeze uh, for him. Uh, I, I I liked it. I like that you got all of the all of the sort of bad guys in one place. Um, I really enjoyed that the. That the backup issue like basically took place directly after, mm-hmm. yeah. or or concurrently or something. Uh, directly after, no, directly after. Yeah, um, no one asked what was under the thing. Um, I like that. That was kind of funny that like they look different. Yeah, <laughs> Harvey took his wig off. I don't really care. That kind of that doesn't bother me at all because the really the really lost the sideburns. Yeah, I I mean I, I know how com- I know how comics work, yeah. but um. It was a it was a good issue. I I got done with the end of it and and, and I was uh, I was like all right now that's you know because 
this, you know, everybody in the world who reads these Batman comics is is real into these Batman comics, and I like them. They're fine, but I'm not I'm not in love with them. You know, yep. overall, like they're they're good. They're fine, but it's not my favorite stuff that even that even Snyder does. It's just it's just a sort of a genre thing. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, I think it was a really good issue. I really love the cover on this one too. Like it was just uh, sort of the strongest one out of all of them so far. I, I, so I do got to admit nice. I do got to admit the Joker face stapled to his his head. Uh, is start it's starting to freak me out because it's starting <laughs> it's starting to uh, it's starting to rot. Have mm-hmm. you noticed that the coloring on it like it's gotten a little darker now and it just and and the thing is it's got to he's got to be it's got to sting right to not <laughs> ha- you know I mean that that's got to stink yeah it's got to stink too yeah exactly oh it just it's a horrible horrifying I mean it's that, for me that's like that's the right direction to go in you don't want oh the first one was the best and everything after that you're just sort of trying to catch up yeah. Like I'm sort of, I've been waiting for this climax, and and like like Connor, you know, I want I want the next issue. I want to see what happens. Yeah, that's the thing. Snyder's that's really dialed into these characters. He's dialed into the Joker. I think it's a Joker, and you mentioned this. It's a Joker that fits into the Dark Knight. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's a Joker who needs Batman. He's nothing without him. He doesn't want Batman to die because with Batman dead, he's got no purpose. So I, I like that aspect of the Joker. Yeah. I did. I did like. I did like the the video game esque uh, approach to the story of where you know basically Batman climbing levels till he gets to the boss level. I thought that was uh, that was good. It just ratcheted up the suspense and ratcheted up the 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 the, the drama on it. I thought it was great. I also kind of found it amusing that he just sort of worked his way through Mister Freeze and Scarecrow very rapidly. Well, yeah. Well, listen, they only got twenty pages, Connor. I mean, <laughs> they, 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 pages, <laughs> kind of like boom, boom, boom. I don't have time for this bullshit. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, which shows you how pissed off Batman is right now. Which I, I like. I, this is great. Everything about it, I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's really. It's it's. I mean, it's as, as not a Batman guy. It is some of the best Batman I've ever read. I, I really. I I think it's great stuff, and I can't even imagine what the next issue is going to be. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's good stuff. I cannot heap the same amount of praise on Savage Wolverine number one. So uh, we so we've been doing the Marvel Now number one review since October. Jesus, uh, really? Yes, <laughs> as the Mar- Marvel now has been the slow roll, and this week the only new one that came out was Savage Wolverine, written and drawn by Frank Cho. Um, and, and here's the thing: is that I don't know if you guys disagree or not, but it looks pretty. I mean, it's if you like Frank Cho as an artist, it is some great Frank Cho. It is some really good Frank Cho. Um, Frank Cho is a writer, specifically as a writer of Wolverine. And I got and honestly, I got to question some of the editorial at Marvel to let it go through. But Wolverine doesn't say cripes, right? You know, like Wolverine says, "Mama Logan didn't raise no whatever he said." You know, like yeah. there was some real kind of like, does this does this guy read Wolverine recently? Like it was just kind of you know, like and the thing was is that you know later on there was some more you know more characters character correct kind of moments in the fighting and things like that. But it, this was not. I mean, I mean, this is. I don't. I don't think I'm going to stick with this at all. This this read to me, and I don't usually throw this term around, but completely unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it didn't. It, it seemed like the only reason this book exists is because Frank Cho wanted to do a book or needed to do a book or whatever. But yeah. like it didn't. It, it's, it didn't feel like I cared. I didn't. It didn't feel important. And yeah. I, I hate that qualifier for most books. But it just felt like why are we being told this story? It wasn't a particularly compelling story. It wasn't a particularly interesting story. It, it was very sort of ham-fistedly written. Um, I understand, you know, people. I, I think Cho's work can be hit or miss. It's over. Obviously, it's very cheesecakey. I do like the way he, way he draws Wolverine, but um, I just felt I just felt no connection to this book whatsoever. I think I tra- started to start stopped it three times before I finished it. Um, I didn't. I didn't really like it. Yeah, Josh, he's one of those. He's one of the, no. I didn't read it. He's one of those <laughs> names for me who uh, like like the baggage of his name. Um, 
tends to outweigh the work. I like his work. I like his art. It's uh, it's it's nice looking, but every time you just, it's one of those things like you know he's going to draw a little bit of it and then he's going to be gone. Oh yeah, people and, are, people were worried about this being monthly. It's it's going to have three issues and they're never going to see another fourth issue. Yeah, and yeah. the thing is, that it really becomes it really becomes uh, gratuitous. Like it's it's yeah. like like I've I've said this for years now about the X Men books is that as as awful as it sounds, but there are X there X Men books and Wolverine included that either matter or don't matter. And you know, and in terms of the mattering, I'm talking about like the 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 involvement in the grand tapestry of the Marvel universe and the storytelling and things like that. Um, Savage Wolverine. If you're a Wolverine fan, you can't get enough, and they're you know like it's it, it, this is perfect for you, you know. But reading you know reading Avengers or reading you know Wolverine and the X Men or whatever, like Savage Wolverine, unless they do some sort of crossover, but isn't going to matter in the grand scheme of that greater story. You know, these are little out of time stories where Wolverine's in the Savage Land fighting with Sean. It's kind of like Marvel team up. But there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with that. It's probably interesting, but this was nothing. There was nothing compelling or interesting about this that made it worth reading. Yep, agreed. Um, So that was the only number one issue uh, for Marvel now. But uh, all new X Men had another issue, Uh, issue six in the in the fastest releasing comic book there is. Um, This this is notable because it featured the switch on art from Stuart Immonen to David Marquez, who were a big fan of David Marquez, and on the most part was fairly seamless with the exception of some of the double page spreads. Oh, all of them. All of them. Yeah. Mar- I got tripped up on at least 3 yeah. uh, re- reading them wrong. And yeah. that, that hasn't happened to me in forever. Yeah, and and the thing is Mar- it's not as if Marquez and, and Bendis haven't worked together before. You know, they they they've worked together on Ultimate Spider-Man, did some great work, but I think the rhythm of the storytelling with this many characters and that sort of thing, I think that kind of got in the way and that's I mean, I got tripped up too. And uh, you know, like mm-hmm. I was I was you know, the the double page spread of Kitty talking to young Jean when Storm comes in. Yes, that was a, that was a really bad one. And and so here's it's a good opportunity to talk about what makes a good double page spread, especially when you're doing panel double page spread is that you need some sort of indicator in the eye to to tell you which way to read the 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 page and this particular double page spread it looks like two single pages the yeah, only I think, I think the gutter being yep. right at the edge of these panels didn't help yeah the only the only um the only three panels that cross over the center of the book had maybe a less than a quarter of an inch on the left side and the majority on the right side and then in the bottom left you had a full figure of storm which took away from the um the bottom half of the page that were spilling over t- uh, across yep. the middle of the page yep. um so it, you know it it tr- you know and i we're pretty established comic book readers this this tripped me up yeah yeah um, but other than that, it was great, and the story is great. I love. I, I I'm I'm continuing to love what he's doing. Um, I, I, wa- I will. I will. To take from the other side, like there were pages I really liked a lot. Yeah, I really liked yeah. what they did with the lettering. Yep. Um, in terms of uh, the production of her, sort of, he's starting to hear all the voices. The one page. Did you uh, Did you where, see Bendis tweet about that? Do you know the story with that? No. He no. um, if you look at that, so that so basically, it's the moment where Jean Grey, her, tel- her telepathy is kicked in, and she's just getting invaded with all the thoughts of of everyone at the school. Um, and it's a great page, a really really great page of Kitty trying to help her focus, and there are all these thought balloons of people, um, uh, you know, what they're thinking, and they're supposed to be all the students at school uh for many of those thought balloons they pulled fan reactions to all new x-men from message boards hmm. interesting yeah it's, it's a nice it's a really nice page yeah. and like the silent panel at the end is is really nice um and i really like the page where uh, uh cyclops blasts wolverine I, yep. I love the coloring on that, that where it great. went all red, yep. and I and I liked the just sort of the dynamics of that page. Yeah, um, no, I think I think my, honestly, I think Marquez did like eighty-five to ninety percent great. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Yeah, I, it, and, it, I, and I, I will say, 
you know, for years I had this problem with Bendis on his work um, yeah. with double page spreads on paper, yeah. not not digital. Digitally, uh, in, in other books. it's fine because yeah. yeah, digitally because I read it digitally, I actually didn't have much problem. Yeah, because I knew it was a double page spread, but it used to be in, in paper ones um, where you'd start to read it down instead of across. Um, yeah. Digitally, I can tell because you know the shape changes. Right, and um, I've had that problem with Bendis for years. Yeah, no, it was r- really interesting in that regard. I, um, and I called it out in the panels of the week, but love the scene of Cyclops at the convenience store. Yeah, like th- th- this is the playing five dollars. Yeah, play, yeah, magazines five dollars. And the, why is all the water in they bottles? Pencil five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, buddy, you, you you order a Pepsi, you're gonna pay for it. <laughs> Right? Yeah. He's wearing Wolverine's jacket, too. I know, yeah, with the motorcycle. Jacket. Yeah, the jacket. There's a lot of cash around. I like that, too. Yeah, and why, that was great. Why does he have all this money? Like, <laughs> the thing is, why does he? Yeah, it's good. Well, you never know. Or why he doesn't does. he? Yeah. It's a better question. Yeah. So, yeah, all new X-Men is, continues well, to be great. So, Wise guy doesn't carry the wallet. He's a wad. Yeah, with a, with a beaner on the top. Yeah, yeah. beaner on the this is one of my favorite issues of Daredevil. Holy crap, Mark Wade writing uh, uh, Dr. Octopus as Spider-Man. Love it. Yeah. It, oh, great. Talk about talk about totally picking up the ball and running with it. Fantastic. This was nonstop fun. I loved every little bit of, of this from yep. the the way it looked. I love I love how how saturated the coloring. I love how it's so bright and it pops. It's almost like pop art. Yep. It's not really, you know, the the Marvel stuff for a long time was very the great sort of dark, muddy coloring, but they've Come around on guys like Matthew Wilson and yeah. people like that, uh, who uh, Javier Rodriguez in this one, and it's got. I just love the way this book looks. Yeah, no, the, the book looks great, but I, I. But for me, it was the the Spider-Man crossover and just how it, it was pitch perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like the little miscommunications, like, and again, like this is the second time it was in Winter Soldier, where like I'm, I just with, with that scene with Captain America and Daredevil and Spider-Man and Wolverine, where like this idea of these heroes who've been doing it for so long who work in sync. And they just kind of depend on each other, and in a fight, they know what to do. And there's that moment where you know Stiltman is fighting, you know, s- Superior Spider-Man and Daredevil. Net. Yeah, yeah. And Daredevil jumps to save people from the helicopter and just yells, "Net, net!" And he's like, "Spidey, net!" And then it takes a second because Doctor Octopus doesn't know what that means. And you yeah. know, like, so um, yeah, it was really and 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 you get the sense that you know Daredevil senses something's wrong, but you know, but who knows? You know, like, and that's what makes the Superior Spider-Man thing interesting in my eyes. So, you know, yeah. so um, one thing I did think. Is that I feel like I have read this story before with Stiltman, and he comes back, and everyone's laughing about him, but then he's really good at it. it you wasn't know, that, like wasn't really that the All Right issue, or no? Hey, I don't. I it feel was, like it yeah. wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it was the All and right maybe issue. more than once. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine. Um, and I got. I do got to give Somni credit. I could smell the bacon and Limburger cheesecake. <laughs> like talk about great cartooning. Like just it was, it was an Archie panel. Yeah, that was an Archie panel. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he just plows into it with his face and two hands. Yeah. <laughs> not professional. <laughs> I like that I'm not the person who complains. Well, this is kind of silly. I'm glad I'm not that guy, and maybe anymore. You know. Well, that's good. And you're not that guy either. So. I don't know if I'm probably I probably was that guy at one point. Yes, you are. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so uh, I'll be honest with you. This is probably my least favorite issue of Saga. I do find myself um, disappointed when the issue wholly focuses on just one, uh, uh, not on Marco or Alina. 
like the just the just the bounty hunter um you know just the, the what's his name the um the will the will just the will issues i do get a little disappointed no nope. cuz i, I want to know what's going on wrong yeah he's interesting i want to know i think he's I interesting so yeah but i they're giving us a little bit of it yeah this is this is the nature of of these books they they go over here for a little bit and and then they'll go back to the other people yeah and uh you know to me all the characters are interesting enough that like you know, I don't. I don't mind a few issues if we go spend the time with uh, Prince Robot the Fourth. I yeah. want to know more about that. Yeah. To me, it was somewhat about that. I, th- I thought story-wise, it was one of those chapters that was good, but you know, it would have been read better in the middle of a trade paperback. But I thought, oh. art, I thought art-wise, it was a lot of rough pages. Yeah. I thought the coloring was really flat in a lot of it, and not good in a good way. Like we just talked about Daredevil, it just it looked like it was like fill in with a paint paintball bucket tool. Interesting. Like, I'm gonna get the page where um, they call to try to get the the girl back. They call the that purple woman. Yeah, the the coloring is just really strangely flat. The characters like with the will standing with his hands on his hip, uh, his thighs looks weird. Oh, now I see that. I think there's a lot of strange, you know, subpar for Fiona Staples art, which I think she's great. But I thought this issue there was a lot of glaring, interesting s- stuff about it. Yeah. Well, they're they're human. You know, yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah. You know, it's just the way it goes. Sometimes. Yeah, I didn't see that. I did like the lance. Yeah, that was a cool weapon. And I also yeah. like. Did you notice in that page? He, I guess he's got a cowl. Yeah, I didn't notice that before. Uh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I, 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 I mean, by no means is is, is I didn't think this was bad. I see that. I see what you're pointing out now. No, I gave it four stars. Yeah, it was bad yeah. for Saga. Exactly. Which, yeah. which just makes it a four star book. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of five. Yeah. It's probably probably the first four I've given this series. Yeah. yeah. So. so. Yep, I'm sorry, Josh. Did you did you read it? I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I just told you. I know, but did you do? I mean, I just opened up a whole new bunch of criticisms for it, dude. I, never mind. It's fine. It's fine. Right. It's good. <laughs> I had no problem. I was I was happy to have it, and I probably was not as critical as I may have been on other things. Okay, because yeah. I was like, woohoo! Yeah. I'm reading Saga. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's an event in and of itself, you know. Yeah. So, but but yeah, but to to but to your point, it's Connor, just that you guys are a little bit nitpicky, and <laughs> I know that it's it's maybe it's just time to bring this up now. <laughs> <laughs> Irony. I did like I did like uh, I, I did like see getting to see Lion Cat in in, in business. That was good. Yes. But, no. Uh, I, I like. I mean, I like these characters. I just. Yeah. I just for whatever reason. Yeah. So you guys, you guys know Chris Hardwick, or of him, of him, yes, and everyone out there in podcast land knows who Chris Hardwick is. I Josh assume. has Josh has met him. I, yeah, I interviewed him when I worked at G Four, like after he was done with Singled Out, but before anybody else knew who he was. Well, but he was the fat drunk period. He's very <laughs> open about that. I'm not making that up. Well, yeah. if you've never met him, Chris Hardwick's from the Nerdist podcast. He's from the Talking Dead show, and he's the up, from the upcoming Nerdist TV show, the BBC America. But he also does stand-up comedy, and his first stand-up comedy special, Mandroid, is going to be released on D- CD and DVD. And it's going to be available on January 22nd, probably by the time you've heard this podcast. DVD is, is extended and uncensored. It's 20 minutes of bonus material that wasn't broadcast on TV when they aired the, the show originally. And it's got cool Easter eggs. You can get it at both Amazon and on iTunes. That's Chris Hardwick's Mandroid. Coming January 22nd. And you'll want to stay tuned because we're going to have some more interesting Chris Hardwick Mandroid stuff. Uh, so go to ifanboy.com and look for a post next week and then uh, on next week's podcast as well. Yep. So. Does the interview Drew Carey at that point in anywhere in there? No? I don't, not that Is I'm it? aware of. Okay. So. I think that was the last episode I listened to. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just helps. 
That's all. Your hey, book. so uh, I like uh, I like comeback number three. Are you reading this yet? It's in my to-read pile. I'm not, I recommended yeah. this before, and I'm a little disappointed. No, I know, I know. It's, it's I've, a I, time travel story about people who are hired to go back and fix something and bring the person forward, and it's all very illicit. And there's uh, there's, but then the the company within the company itself, there's like a breakdown, and they're and they're trying to kill off people. And I'm kind of confused, but I really like it. Cool. No, trust me. Don't worry. I'll be reading it. <laughs> I know that. But, but now it's for the wrong reason. I, I can sit here and tell you, oh, you need the reason. Like, sure, sure, sure. But now you're like, sure thing, Mr. Kirkman. And I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That clear. Uh, it's, it's a good book. Uh, and I think that Michael Walsh is a name that people are going to know uh, more uh, sooner than later. Jordi Belair coloring it, I think. I think that's Because she colors everything. It's true, but she colors things good. She colors them um, well. I'll give her that credit. Yeah, uh, it, it's a it's a it's a pretty confusing story. So actually, read them all at once. It will probably help. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like I know there's a chart somewhere that explains it. Yeah. But uh, I sort of, I, I think I know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Cool. New Avengers number two made more sense, but it still hurt my head. Yeah, is this a jock cover, by the way? Yes. So good. Yes, it's right right there in the bottom right hand corner. Who are these people on the cover? Oh. Um, well, let's see. So that's... Looks like, <laughs> looks like Beast. Why do they all have two fingers? They're holding up two fingers to make a star. I do a post about this. No. Well, actually. Whose fingers are those? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> oh, you know, I think Beast is going to be part of this Illuminati. I think he's going to represent the, the mutants. So oh, Beast. right. Yeah, yeah. a new mutant. Yeah, because okay. Xavier is gone. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I mean, this, this, I mean, I, again, I feel like the first issue in this is, should have been like a double-sized first issue because I, I think with that as the prologue and then this is the next issue was good. Um, you know, explain some more. and ex, ex, Definitely explained a little more, but wow, talk about high concept. Yeah, you know. Although I do love the idea of multi. I mean, like the the multi the whole the charts with the multiverses and stuff like that were that was awesome. Um, yeah, I I just don't feel like Cap would be on this team. Interesting. You know, I feel like I feel like the whole idea of a secret team running everything in the background is totally against Cap's worldview. But he has a gem. I just don't. I just don't feel like he would put up with it. Where do you think Cap puts the gem? By the way, like I can understand He's got a lot of pouches in his belt. Like, yeah, no, I, I can understand, you know, I can understand, you know, um, you know, Dr. Strange put it in some dimension and Namor hide it underwater, you know, and, and uh, Reed Richards can put it in some, you know, in the negative zone. Cap's just putting it like on, on uh, in Brooklyn, Richards. in Brooklyn, Richards. double duffel bag in a gym in Brooklyn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Where, where no one would suspect. He just he put a piece of gum on it. He stuck under a seat at Nouche. Yeah. Where no one goes. Yeah. Um, In addition to the announcement this week that Superman Family Adventures has been canceled, uh, I believe that Art, uh, Franco, and Balthazar are no longer writing Green Lantern in the animated series book. They haven't written the last two issues, and the book has suffered mightily. Interesting. Well, they're not writing the Superman Family Adventures yet either. Right. Yeah. Just just said that. Yeah. it's you know it, this Somebody's was my field and calls over there. This was my he's, he's getting texts already. Uh, this was my favorite Green Lantern book because uh, it's an all ages book, but it had a bit of spark of wit and whimsy that they give you know that those guys are capable of writing all ages books that everyone can appreciate. Yeah. Uh, this one feels much more simple, so I might have to I might have stopped buying the book as much as I enjoy the show and had been enjoying this book up until they changed writers. Oh, that's but, too bad. Yeah, I was enjoying it though. Yeah. Mm. yeah. What are those guys going to do if they're not doing these books? Well, they both have day jobs. Do they? Yes. We met them in San Diego. One of them's an art teacher. I guess the artist. 
That's nice. Um, So I'm continuing to enjoy the sci-fi, you know, uh, alternate universe world of Captain America now. I love this. As he's trapped in the Isn't it great? Um, It's so so Kirby-esque. It's so... uh, People... I don't... You know, again, people complaining don't know the history of comics, which you don't need to know the history of comics to enjoy a book. I I grant that. But this is so old-school Cap. If you have that Cap, that Jack Kirby... Recap Omnibus. He travels through time. He teams up with the Founding Fathers. He does all kinds of crazy science stuff, which is what he used to do in the 60s. And this is yep. sort of returning to that feeling. Yeah, totally. And um, and it's even got a little a little commandy to it, you know, yes. like kind of, you know, like, you know, a, blonde, a long blonde hair man trapped in, in you know, like with a bunch of monsters and things like that. But um, it's great. And and the I'm enjoying the little flashbacks back to the, you know, back to the, the Lower East Side of the 1920s. Hey, they yeah. look wonderful. They look beautiful. Yeah, those those are the best pages of this issue. Um, yeah. And uh, but ultimately, the ending, that last page, I I, I laughed. I was like, awesome. <laughs> like that's yeah, great. You know, he's got he's got a Zola in his chest. That's awesome. <laughs> I think one of the biggest indicators of this book is meant to be a throwback to that era is that if you look at the letters page, it's all yellowed paper in the yeah. background. It looks like it's an old comic from that time period. Yeah, I just um, I just think this is the best thing that they've given John Romita to draw. More John Romita in such a long time that yeah. that's, that part makes it really fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it really does feel like one of those those comics. And like I, you know, like we said before, you, you know, you have to go in a different direction than what what Brubaker's been doing for eight years or something like that. Eight years, yeah. I do it. Yeah, yeah, Total, uh, yeah. It's to- uh, totally the right direction. Um, you know, because like, if you'd gone to the 1940s or done espionage or whatever, it would have been so hard to swallow. But like this is this is a great little uh, side adventure. So. Yep. Yep. Okay. Conan number 11 was pick of the week last time uh, and Conan the Barbarian number 12 uh, was also really good in fact it was it was as good as the last issue was it your pick um, of the week no I don't know if I've I don't know if I've nailed that down I didn't have to it wasn't my week mm. I just read I just read with with uh, with a flourish this was week, your pick of the week an image book um might have been hmm might have been. I don't remember what I rated. There was, I gave a couple of fives out. I know that. Um, it, basically, though, uh, it, you know, as we let, the last one, the whole thing was like this sad tone to the whole thing because you thought, well, God, is he going to leave them all to die? Uh, and uh, and this one, they sort of figured their way out of it. So I thought it was a really nice bit of plotting, uh, and and it was it was, uh, it was it was a fun issue. And now, but then there was a big tragedy. I'm being very vague because you know if you're reading it, you know it's fine. But if not, maybe you'll go back and read it later because you should. Uh, again, Does really, one of them get taken over by Doctor Octopus? Not a single character, as far as I know. There's there's no mind control, mm. um, and I think uh, I think we're better off for it. It was it was really fun, sort of tough guy Conan. What I really like about this book is every once in a while I remember that this is like early days Conan. He's not like like the later uh, king of everything Conan. He's he's sort of just still you know bumming around and, and getting in scraps and whatnot, and he's a little little younger, a little more immature. It sounds really funny because I'm talking about Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Is this the Conan who tweets? He 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 would. Well, no, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have a phone. No, he wouldn't do that. How would he Instagram? This is a, this is a very this is a very uh, strange conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting like, for you. Like, that's, like the, that's like the kind of question that a clueless executive would ask. <laughs> would this Conan tweet? <laughs> no. Like it, like the kind of a joke thing and the montage of like the filmmakers trying to get their stuff made, yeah. going to visit stupid people. Could Conan be on Instagram? No, I think he would. Okay, <laughs> this is fine. 
<laughs> so those are the books we wanted to talk about this week. You can go to ifanboy.com slash comics. You can make your own pull list. You can rate and review your books, and you can make your own pick of the week. And like we like to run down the top five picks of the week as chosen by the audience. As always, these are the numbers as at the time of recording, so they could change, but they're not going to change that much. Because <laughs> it is a Batman, it is a Batman week, isn't it? So. Top five minutes. Top five picks of the week. Uh, number five, the little depressed boy. Number fifteen from Image Comics at one point five percent. Number four, all new X Men. Number six with two point two percent. You can already see where this is going. Uh, number three is New Avengers. Number one at three point eight percent. Number two, Saga. Number nine is six point six percent. And number one. Batman 16 with 81.7% of what? the picks of the week. The double it's like two heavyweights met up, and there was just a really unexpected knockout. It's a double whammy. It's it's uh, crazy. And it, and it was a generally light week. I mean, I think I spent $30. Yeah, no, I, I, was I, like I bought yeah. like 12 books, yeah. which is – and I think the issue of Batman versus the kind of issue of Saga, it was a very sort of middle chapter Saga issue versus a big chapter of Batman. So yeah. that's why yeah. they walked into the ring and Batman laid him out like Guy Gardner. <laughs> he hadn't been training. <laughs> oh, that was, again, that was better than I, what I was going to say. So. <laughs> That's a, that seems to be the trend today. Um, yeah. right. I'm on cold medicine. <laughs> so on to the user review. I'm having trouble with the separation. <laughs> so when you go to, to ifanboy.com slash comics, you can also leave a review of the books you've read and want to highlight some of the reviews from the iFanboy community. And Director421 reviewed Batgirl number 16 and gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 4 out of 5. And nobody made it their pick of the week, which is okay because it was a Batman week. Um, and Director421 says... Uh, Gail Simone continues to treat Barbara with tremendous care and respect. Batgirl's hatred for Joker is palpable, and her struggle to fight her instinct to just kill him is balanced evenly with caution to save her mother. The action on the page flows well, and the addition of James Jr. to the mix takes the fight to the next level. There's some who don't find Ed Bettis' art serving the story as well as it could be, but I'm not one of them. The split art duties are fairly smooth, although I, w- I do wish Bettis would, would complete one full issue for continuity's sake. It does feel rushed sometimes when dual artists are just on 22 pages, but Daniel Sampierre does a, a nice job uh, on his end here. So there you go. Some more uh, Death of the Family. I, 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 meant, I meant to mention this in the top section, but uh, you know, no, no disrespect to this book, but I, f- I found most of these tie-ins to be fair to middling I, and completely unnecessary. That's what, that, is, that is what I've heard. Yeah. All, the only ones I thought were good were the Nightwing one. Well, I think there's only been one of those, but the, I thought you know, all the rest of them. I read Suicide Squad. I read Red Hood. I read Batman and Robin, Batgirl. I think they've all been pretty fair to middling. Yeah. The kind of the tie-ins people complain about. You know? Yep. So there you go. It's crazy. All right. Next Josh, review, Josh. <laughs> I just read the username. The username is it's bloody Michael Kane. <laughs> this is my new favorite user, by the way. I don't even this, know what the review this says. This guy got a review on the show simply for having an awesome username. So they'll be able to. It's all edited. He did Captain Marvel number eight. No nine. Sorry. He did not. I'm not going to do the whole thing like that. I <laughs> uh, gave the story. I can do this. I'll do the stats, though. I gave the story a three out of five. And the art, a four out of five. So, pick it a weak percentage, 0.1%. <laughs> Why do we pick it? Is pick it a week, sir? I don't, I don't know. Why? <laughs> Would Conan use Instagram? I, I, you're not making any sense, Michael Kidd. How old was she, though? Conan was only six. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> the art is a welcome change from the previous first issues, although it retains the non-conventional aspect of it. 
Andrade's art reminds me of Eon Flux, and the storytelling is derivative of a sort of European dynamism. Thank God I didn't have to read that in the other voice. (laughs) (laughs) Andrade's art reminds me of Eon Flux. Yeah, I can't even do it. Um, The dialogue is very natural, and you immediately know that it's actually women talking between panels. Compliments to Deconic in that regard. I would certainly say that for slice-of-life feel of the book... I would certainly stay for the slice of life feel of the book so long as it can keep the stakes reasonable, like what we could see in the last page. All right. All right. So those, anyone... are the, those are the books. You go to well, uh, ha- Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going to talk about Captain, Ma- Captain Marvel a little bit. If you enjoyed Captain Marvel number nine, go back to iFanboy Don't Miss and listen to me, uh, to me chat with Kelly Sue DeConnick, where we talked about this issue and got a lot of insight on the art and the the uh, dealing of Carol's hair and and uh, some other stuff going into the title. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was a good mullet. Yeah, we talked about the mullet. Yeah, she she's as she's as bewildered as the rest of us. Uh, <laughs> well, she had nothing to do with it. But she does claim that she has a fix for it, and that she's just waiting to get editorial approval to do a one shot about the hair. So, which I which I hope is never going to happen. I, yeah. I would read a whole issue about a haircut. Yeah, I, I would totally. Got his. But I will say that um, uh, the artist uh, uh, Felipe Andrade, go check. I mean, honestly, jo- Josh and Connor, check it out because it has a very um, European meets Japanese kind of style. That was That's awesome. exactly what this person just said. Yeah, I know. No, no, I know. I know. And, uh, and I'm, I'm agreeing with it. And it's that it's really... um said it better than you. I know. You know, and I hear this in opening. European dynamism. <laughs> um, but, uh, re- uh, but really, really interesting, really kind of curious uh, kind of fit there on the art side. So yeah. You really enunciated European fantastically. Thank you. I tried. So... Go to ifanboy.com slash comics. I heard the word bi-curious, just so you know. <laughs> Go to ifanboy.com slash comics. You can write a review and make your picks of the week and your ratings and get on the show. Um, and if you need to, if you need more stuff to read or if you really just need anything at all, go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon uh, where you can do all your purchases from amazon.com and help ifanboy out in the process. Um, it's real simple. Just click the big old banner there and go right into Amazon and start your shopping and you help ifanboy out in the process and it uh, helps Seriously, keep... Seriously, we really need you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Starting now. So if you could, that'd be that'd be great. So my um, latest Amazon purchase was the Batman and Robin Absolute Edition. Well done. Which is awesome. I bought a new center channel speaker, and it was too big for my. Uh, I bought the wrong size. It was too big for my entertainment center, so I had to set it back. Sad. I bought the Osprey Raptor Ten Hydration Pack. Cool. What the fuck is that? It's like a camel pack. Oh. Oh, because he's because he's act he's he, he's extreme. I thought that was something to do with your house. Yeah. Bought a snowboard helmet. <laughs> Bought uh, something else. I don't know. Yeah. I got Prime. I just send it to me. That's fine. Right. You think we're going to visit you in the hospital when you paralyze yourself? I it's going to really happen like sooner or later. I would really like my rib to stop hurting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, it was all better, and then I fell down again. Ironically, on my wallet. <laughs> 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 no, I was snowboarding, and I had my wallet in like a front pocket, and it was the very last run of the day. I hadn't fallen all day. And I fell, and, I, and my, my like wallet got jammed into my ribs, and it was my credit cards that did it, which I think is poetic in a way, because <laughs> there was certainly no cash in it. <laughs> oh, that's great. And now every time I cough or sneeze, it's like being stabbed. Yeah. Let's do an email. We got a couple emails here from the community. The first one's from Isaac, who is ICN1983 on the website, and Isaac says, it seems like every week DC is canceling a bunch of books that weren't high performers but had rabid fan bases, like Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, and I, Vampire. What if instead of canceling these books, DC simply stopped physically printing them but produced them exclusively for digital download? Maybe they could reduce the page count to keep costs low and not overburden their creators or use it as an opportunity to try out new talent that might not be ready for prime time. Then, if there's sufficient interest, collect these stories in trade paperbacks or digests. It's not a bad plan. 
I was going to say that doesn't work until you said bring down the, the page count. However, I think that the DC probably believes rightfully so that there still isn't enough of a uh, audience that's convertible from paper to digital. Well, I, what I think possibly that that could be one thing. I think they're kind of DC. Are, yeah, no, I think they're kind of already doing it though, but not with in-continuity stories. They've got like five or six yeah. digital-only yeah. books. Yeah, I, a and lot I, of them. And I honestly think, and I honestly think that we're going to see more of them. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go in this direction. But I think they're taking a slow test the waters kind of approach before they go full full hog. You know, um, you know, they're, they're, you don't want to go full hog too soon. Right? Exactly. You don't want to go. <laughs> Third date, but, but so, the, yeah. so you know, so they're, they're doing Smallville, they're doing the Batman Tales of the Dark Knight, they're doing the AMA comics, the, yeah, the you Green know, Arrow book. Um, the Green Arrow book. What else? Then there's something. There's some other stuff too. That, so it shows you the the, the DC uh, Timverse books. Yeah. So now, but the, the, what's interesting is that, for, as far as I can tell, this kind of gets into business and organization, but um, that's all being done out of the West Coast under Hank Canals. Who who recently? No one cares about this. Who recently went? Well, no, no, but I think it, no, but I think it's <laughs> I, I think it's interesting because Stop, talk. <laughs> no, because because so he recently um, now is is the kind of the the business person in charge of Vertigo and the digital stuff, and that is the separation with and all that all the continuity paper stuff is coming out of their New York office. So yeah. at some point, those two kind of have to merge, which we haven't really seen much of that happening recently. They're, they've been very separated. That's my point. That's oh. going to be the, uh, the the fear that everyone has is when the whole operation moves to California. Yeah. And then, then everything will change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised. If, I mean, Marvel has, t- t- like, has, I don't want to say tampered, has tinkered with it, with the Infinite Comics, with the, with, you know, they did the, the two Infinite Comics. They're way early. They're behind DC in doing it. Um, but you never know what might happen. I mean, Ron Peraza, who's a bit, who used to work at DC and Digital, worked at Comicsology, now he's at Marvel. Um, we don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's working on that. So um, it could be interesting. I don't know. But I think also, as we discussed last week, Marvel seems to be less open to experimenting beyond the traditional model. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So Whereas DC seems to be in a position where they feel like they have to because they're const- I feel like they're under more pressure to sell books and grow that. Yeah, I, that might be just a feeling, but that's what it feels like. Yeah, greater corporate pressure to do. So that could happen, Isaac, but but not anytime soon. Not certainly not soon enough for Frankenstein or a vampire. Yeah, I mean, basically, the the sales of the digital titles would need to be enough to justify the production of the books, even digitally, because it's still even though you're not printing the books, it still costs money. The highest cost is still the people, people. cost. Yep, exactly. The overhead the and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. The creators. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Next. On. On to our next email from Jeremy. Jeremy spoken. Um, sorry. Oh, wait, I'll read this. Yeah, you do it. You do it. Do it. Do it. Really, really enjoy the show. I, I received the, the Fear Agent Omnibus for, for Christmas based on your <laughs> recommendation. You're welcome. Uh, and it, it is better than I could have anticipated. I, I'm reading it as slowly as I can to make, sure, to make it last. <laughs> to the release of volume number two is possible. Is, is there something else in the same vein that you would suggest that will help me bridge the gap? That's, a, that's an excellent question, Jeremy. I'm, I'm going to leave it to Mr. Ron Richards to answer this question. The slowly is what got me. Slowly. Eddie oh, Vedder hasn't showed up for a while. Oh. Eddie Vedder has not showed up for a while. Yeah. Um, a sexy Michael Lark. <laughs> Here's another email. <laughs> 
Um, so what what else is kind of pulpy sci-fi that is Fear Agent-esque? There's not a lot. That's why Fear Agent's so special. Yeah. Um, the Wally Wood book just came out from... Uh... Yeah, <laughs> you can't go on Hollywood. You can't go. Um, I mean, maybe. I mean, it's a little older, but um, well, if you like Remender, you, the Strange Girl on the Bus is is a good way to you know go from there. That's a complete story you can get from Image. That's out. Um, from but, where? From Image. Okay. I don't know if you heard of them. A little upstart. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I trust is his recommendation. You might want to consider Xenozoic uh, Tales, which are um, I forget who pushed it. Who put? Who pushed it? Who published it? <laughs> Um, I was gonna say who pushed it out like they gave it birth, um, but those were uh, older. <laughs> really, I am. Uh, sorry, what? <laughs> so, Xenozoic <laughs> so, uh, Tales Volume One um, is available. It's up on Amazon. Mark Schultz's classic comic that was done in the same kind of inspired by the same kind of EC kind of comics. It's the it's the comic that uh, Cadillac, uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs kind of came from. Remember that concept uh, yeah. from the 90s? Yeah. yeah. So it like kind of takes place in the 26th century. And, um, and I kind of yeah. recommend checking out uh, Rick's cap right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, That's, it really yeah. is a very similar vein. Yeah. It's just Marvel flavored as opposed to. Yeah. But he's definitely he's definitely working in those same muscles, I think. Yeah. So. It's tough because I don't think there's anything that captures that quite that madcap, but, but sensibility, but also in a modern through a modern lens. I mean, the stuff that was the thing old. that that was the thing that I wrote in my review of it is that um, it seems absurd that there isn't another example of anything like this. Yeah, because it, it's such it's such a natural fit for the comic book form and for this sort of fantasy adventure kind of stuff that we've got going on. And you know, it's not it doesn't happen like yeah. it, like there there isn't anything else, which is crazy because there should be. Yep. Um, so that's why we're kind of lucky to have it in the first place, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry it's not an easier answer, but that's the problem. Enjoy it. Go read Strange Girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our next email comes from Tim, who's uh, tumultuous times on the website. And Tim says, I've come to realize I'm reading a fair amount of single issues every month, somewhere around 25 to 30. And I've been thinking of trying to cut back on single issues and picking up things in trades. But I was wondering what the rate of publishing trades is compared to single issues. I know trades usually cover story arcs, but does the trade come out the month after the last issue of the story, or does it usually take a few months? How do I transition from reading everything in single issues to reading at least a few things in trades? Will it be cheaper to do so or about the same? And do I pick books like Batman that I know will be great as a collected edition, or others that are worth reading but aren't absolutely amazing? And here's a lot the, of questions. Here's the problem with your logic, Tim. You just need to buy everything all the time. That's that's the solution. <laughs> oh, look at Mr. Industry. <laughs> Easy. Um, there's no, as far as we can tell, no, not everything gets traded, by the way. Not everything gets put in trade. No. Yeah, and, and everybody does it differently. If yeah. you want to wait for trades from D.C. You can wait up little, to a year for that. little Rip Van Winkle action going on there. Marvel puts them out pretty fast. Image tends to put them out pretty fast. Sometimes the, the trade comes out the same day as the last issue. Or the next issue. Uh, yeah. yeah, the yeah. next issue, yeah. yeah. Um, There's no standard. Basically, DC's the yeah. slowest. You know, they, DC's, they, DC's really slow. They took, uh, on some of those 52 books, a year to put the first volume out. After that, was, first, that was a hardcover. Yeah. Um, Marvel, tri- it's funny, Marvel puts out like 10 to 12 trades a week. They, they really put a lot of trades out. No one seems to buy them, but they put them out as someone who sees that comic Somebody page must every week. buy them. Well, if you look at those sales charts. They don't. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, they, they, they seem to trade everything. Yeah. Or almost everything. But that everything. speaks to the thing where the, 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 you know, the highest cost is the upfront. You yeah. know. 
is is the and they're if they're printing so much they're probably getting relatively and, good deals on that and the, and the thing is also like on on the Marvel and DC side like trying to some people because I know the guys over on Eleven O'clock Comics have made the jump from issues to trades and they're playing the game of trying to decide okay well do I get that in hardcover or do I wait for the trade on that and it used to be that I, I mean DC seems to be doing some stuff in hardcover some stuff in trade depends on how popular yeah, exactly depends on popularity whereas Marvel has been pretty pretty good about doing everything in hardcover first and then following up with the trade interesting um, is that dc uh they released like the batman action and wonder woman stuff was in hardcover and then swamp thing and animal, animal man yeah we're, in we're all we're in softcover because so that's, that's again popularity yes. yeah no i know yeah. And keep, but keep people having a frame of reference for where these things actually are at. Right. right. So so Marvel's been pretty good about doing like a premiere hardcover and then doing a trade paperback. But now with Marvel now and most recently they've they've just been doing just paperbacks or just hardcovers or like there's no rhyme or reason. So um, I'm sure they have a rhyme or reason, but to us we don't know what it is. So that's the only problem. So the thing that you the thing that you decide to not read in issues may not get collected or may take a long. But then time. you'll never know about it. Yeah, so you'll exactly. know you're missing. Um, yeah. What else does you want to know here? Uh, how do you transition from reading singles to trades? You just, you just, just do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you find my, something the, else to read in the, mid, in the, in the meantime. My, my biggest problem would be knowing, remembering what to go get. You know what I mean? Like, if I stopped buying issues completely, I wouldn't, I don't, I think the, the, the repetitive. You call that a problem. I call it savings. That's true. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So that would be the challenge. I, found, I, I, I often found that, like, it made me not care as much. Like, the thing is, with some books, the fun part is kind of the issues and following as it as it comes out. I don't think that people would be as into Superior Spider-Man if they're not following any issues. I think yeah. that's a thing that it's more fun to see it that way. Yeah, you know. Or like, on the other hand, or you read it all as one story and you you, you don't have the people freaking out. You have this is the story of this, yeah. and they read yeah. from the, they read the whole arc. Yeah. Is it strong enough for that? I don't know. Hasn't come out yet. Only one issue. Well, sort of. Yeah. Um, cheaper about the same it, it can be cheaper if you buy your single issues from like a place like DCBS and they're really cheap but if you buy them you know from the comic store for full fair, full price then it, you can get cheaper trades online I mean it all depends on how you buy your things they're priced differently too a lot of you know the first the first volumes of a lot of things are cheaper than the later ones because mm-hmm. they've got you so why not jack it up um, it, yeah it depends is, is every, every company's a little different every book's a little different and it's it's really kind of up to you to forge your path of that and find out what's important to you about reading the comics. I guess. Yeah. And do I pick books like Batman or I know it will be great as a collector or uh, others that are worth – I mean we can't – I don't know. can't tell you how Read to Read reviews books. like you would yeah. anything else. It's like how yeah. you pick what you're, what you're doing. The, the thing about with trades is that you're pretty much going to know whether people like your story or not if you're paying any attention. So I, and and what I do with trades is I tend to get the ones – if I've already read the issues, the ones I'm definitely going to read again. You know, that's how I go for buying the trades or the decision making process. Anyway, so depends. How much do you want to read the story? I guess is a good is a good question. It's, it's ironic because I've scaled way back on the trades that I, the collected issues I buy, and I've actually ramped up on issues. So I'm I'm just going in the wrong direction. <laughs> like very rarely, very rarely. I have too. Yeah, very I have the same thing. Yeah, very rarely have I said you know like I want to you know like wow I love that arc I want to get that and collect it. Like I'm 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 more likely to get the really nice. You know, omnibus edition or you know, oversized edition or something like that. That I am to get a trade paperback these days. So yeah. of, of something that I bought in issues. There's other stuff that I'll get in trade paperback that I didn't read in issues. So yeah, mm-hmm. but it's crazy. All right. So if you have any questions, you can email us at contact at ifanboy um, and we get voicemail and we got a quick voicemail from somebody who's got an opinion on artists. Hey guys, at ifanboy is Andrew from New Jersey, and I just have a question. 
a while ago back, I heard on I read on Twitter that some guy was imagining like, what if the image revolution happened now? And some people were saying that it wouldn't happen because most artists nowadays aren't on the books monthly every month. You know, there's the rotating bullpen artists they have now, like they used to. So what do you think that says about the artists nowadays? You know, even if they don't, like, if they need a break so they can deliver their best work, I don't know, I'd still rather see them skimp on one panel and still see them on the book every month than what it is now. I don't know. Tell me what you guys think about the whole situation and all that. You know, I was thinking about this concept the other day. <laughs> I was giving it some thought. It was a good four hours or so. Just, just kind of looking out the window and thinking about art. No, no, but I was actually thinking, because I was actually talking to uh, a comic creator who's working on a comic and talking about dealing with uh, a writer, talking about dealing with artists and things like that. And I, I think the... I a part of me wants the artist. I a part of me agrees with you, Andrew. I want the artist on a monthly book, month in, month out. But the reality of the fact is that there are very few artists who can do that now. And to your point, where you'd rather have a page or a panel that skimps so you can do monthly. Listen to what we just talked about with Saga. We don't look at it in this context of well, in the course of this whole series, one or couple page or so will be not so bad. We look at each individual comic as the work, and then we we criticize it as is it's, it's the only comic that ever came out of that series, you know. And so because of that, I think the days of the monthly artist are somewhat over. And realistically, like how Marvel's doing it now with with Marvel now, and that they're doing arcs and they're rotating, like what you know, like that's that's the new reality. And you know, I'm kind of okay with it. Well, and and that's you know in contrast to how DC is doing it, which yeah. is find artists who can do it. Yeah, and in a lot of cases, it leads to art that's not as exciting, not as very um, lackluster. Yeah. A really good example of and 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 I think one thing we have seen is that we came out of a period a few years ago where they weren't switching around and books were late and everybody was complaining, so they fixed that in the best way that they knew how. And for Marvel, it was alternate artists. Uh, and for for DC, it was find people who can draw that fast. Yeah. Um, and this is this is this is what we get for it. This is what we have. And I was thinking about um, we put up a story about uh, Francesco Francovia's kind of come on and do two issues of of Hawkeye. Yep. Um, and for Marvel, obviously, it makes more sense for them to have twelve issues a year out or thirty, depending on how they're looking at it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, but they don't want to have six or seven issues a year from Hawkeye just to keep you know David Aja working. Uh, so they found a way to get around that, and they they put fill in artists and everyone. Same thing they're doing with with Cliff Chang on on Wonder Woman. There's another example of it. Like they they can't do a monthly book, um, and and I absolutely agree. Like I don't I don't want a half assed version of that artist. I definitely don't want that. Yeah. That's worse than that's worse than anything. I think it's it's a challenge um, now. It's it's rough. I mean I I don't I don't know what the right answer is. You know, like I would much rather like would you want to see a comic with double duty? Like I said, you know where. There are, you know, where a twenty-page comic has got, you know, eleven pages by one guy and and, tw- and no, eight pages by another like guy. That. You don't like it? I don't like that. Usually, it worked really well on. It worked well yeah. on Iron Fist. Yeah, it right. worked well on Captain America. Yeah. So it's possible, but those had flashback elements that made that possible. Um, you want to take a book like Saga? Like I'll wait. Yeah. I think you know, I, I think there's also a bit of rose-colored glasses about the past. And that there's there's a lot You're of right. there's a lot of you know there was an idea that got you know twenty years ago guys hit their deadlines and hit, you know books came out the same they didn't 
they were late and they had fill-ins just like they do now. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's just there's an idea that Jack Kirby did four books a month, so everyone must have, but it's not the case. Yeah. In fact, I think and, once and, you got beyond that Golden Age period, the guys, that's when the lateness started because the Golden Age guys are really the guys who could do that. And they weren't putting in the same amount of time and care no. as the guys are now. Yeah. People wouldn't, people expect much higher. Jer- Jerome Pena doesn't become Jerome Pena in 1961. It doesn't, right. it doesn't happen. Yeah. Because they wouldn't have put up with it. Yeah. It's a challenge. They'd be like, I don't care how good it looks. Book's got to come out May 1st. Come on. Uh, it's, it's tough. There's no way to please everyone, right? Because as you said, either the books are going to be late with the same artist or they're going to be fill-ins and people complain either way. And I do think that of the choices, Marvel's probably the best, is alternate artists on arcs. Yeah. You know, would I love to see Stuart Eminem draw every issue of all-new all, all X-Men? Sure. But, uh, you know, Dave Marquez is good, and I get to keep it, the book keeps coming out every other day. Oh, shit, well, issue 7 just came out. Yeah. <laughs> issue 7 just dropped on my table. From- like, the way that Marvel distracts you is just by pummeling you with the product. Right. Just right. get more. Have, an- have more. Have another one. Have another one. Yeah. The writers like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you have any questions, you can call us an email, or you can call us at 188-FANBOYS. That's 188-326-2697. Um, if this wasn't enough podcasting for you, you can listen to iFanboy Don't Miss, uh, where we talk to a creator about an upcoming book that's coming out. Um, last week, I talked to Kelly Sue DeConnick about uh, Captain Marvel number nine. This week, uh, Paul Montgomery is talking to, I, bl- I don't know if I want to say it. I think he's talking to somebody. I want to make sure. I should, I should have checked to see who it was before we recorded. <laughs> I've been busy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, either way, it'll be worth checking out. So go to uh, iTunes and subscribe to it or go to ifanboy.com on Mondays and check that out. Uh, I've had a Make Comics podcast two weeks in a row. Well hey, look done. at you. Well done. There you go. Look at you. Find... Look at you. <laughs> look at him. Look at him go. <laughs> look at you. Uh, make Comics. I talked to Andy Schmidt from Comics Experience about some stuff. I really liked this one this last week. It was about making a living in comics. Guy asked, you know, does this guy have to have a day job? Does it this? And we really talked about the economics of what it is to be a, a comic book creator uh, and what that means in the real world uh, as opposed to what people think it means. Um, it was very interesting. Yeah. Cool. Um, and you could subscribe to that and you can get it at ifanboy.com. I enjoy listening to it. Um, all right, so finally, so what we alluded to earlier in the show, um, if you were on the internet uh, this past Friday or over the weekend, you might have saw the news on ifanboy.com. We had a bunch of some announcements to be made. Um, the first quick announcement is that uh, we are, ifanboy.com is now uh, an independent entity once again. Um, we've ended our uh, relationship with uh, graphically, amicably. Uh, no, uh, nothing to read into or anything like that. Basically, graphically has been uh, a great uh, uh, team to be on for the past couple of years. They've supported iFanboy and have uh, done uh, a great job of, of really kind of championing what we've been doing and wanted to do and helped us grow the site. Um, but as graphically is kind of adjusting their business and, and focusing on uh, general publishing and not just comics, it didn't really make a ton of sense for uh, them to take what little resources they have and not focus them on what the, the main, their main mission is. Um, so we chatted about it with uh, Graphically CEO Miha Baldwin and came to a lovely uh, agreement. And now iFanboy is back in uh, a sole uh, owned and operated status uh, by the original iFanboy group. So, and Connor's uh, first-born son has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it at all. At well, it's just important to note that it is an amicable split. Yeah, you know, yeah. Josh and I still work it graphically. It's fine. We're all happy. It was. It was. It was just the what didn't the way things needed to be, and we made it happen. Yep. 
Exactly. And so um, we want to take a moment to thank all of our iFanboy members. I know that the iFanboy membership has kind of faded in prominence in this past year as we've been busy working for Graphically and working on iFanboy and things like that. But those of you iFanboy members who've stuck with us have uh, really, truly, really have kept keep the lights on. I know I always say that, but that is totally the truth. And now that we're back to an independent status, uh, even more so now, we, we thank you and we thank you for su- your support. And uh, you're looking forward to, you can look forward to some um, uh, interesting stuff around iFanboy membership um, and ways for you to help out iFanboy as 2013 progresses. So that's it, right? All right. Yeah, cool. Excellent. Great job. No, so then in a little bit of uncanny timing, um, <laughs> it, is with, uh, it is with a heavy, heavy, heavy heart that I also at the same time announce that um, I, will be, I will be parting ways with uh, my two best friends uh, here at iFanboy. Um, I will be resigning from my editorial duties at iFanboy and resigning from the podcast um, because I have taken a, uh, a job with Image Comics. Um, and as you could probably guess, I don't really think it'd be legit for me to keep doing iFanboy while working for a publisher. Um, they, there's enough reason why everybody yells at us for what we are. <laughs> I don't want to deal with any sort of bias or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a real, uh, it's a real exciting thing. As you can tell, Image, Image Comics has been on a roll this past couple of years. Um, and we've had a great relationship with them. Um, just in general, you know, a lot of you have seen our interviews with Robert Kirkman as well as other great image creators. Um, and we've interviewed, you know, publisher Eric Stevenson a couple of times. And, uh, some of the things that Image is looking to do happen to fit with my particular, uh, career experience. Experience. Um, I'm going to be the director of business development there, so that means I'm going to get to uh, work with uh, their you know, work on their sales and marketing. I'm going to be talking and working with retailers, with book distributors, um, digital stuff. Uh, so it's really just kind of a, uh, a fascinating, fascinating kind of opportunity. And and um, I wouldn't have done it without the support of uh, these guys here, Josh and Connor, as well as the rest of my fanboy. Um, they can attest that I it was not an easy decision. So. Um, but yeah, so, but the great news is that we are, um, losing me, but gaining a Paul. Um, so, uh, Paul Montgomery, who you've heard on the podcast before, will be stepping into my shoes and, uh, be a regular here on the iFanboy podcast with Josh and Connor, as well as, uh, doing pick of the week reviews and book of the month reviews and continuing to do the great work at iFanboy. And honestly, let's be honest, he's better than me. So I think we're better off in that regard. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, and I cannot thank... Josh and Connor, I cannot thank Paul, I cannot thank the rest of the iFanboy staff, and I cannot thank the re- the whole iFan base for the years of enjoyment and fun and support you guys have provided. And um, it's really to see the outpouring of congratulations and stuff like that happen on Friday when we announced this was really uh, overwhelming. Um, and yeah, so uh, so that huh, that's it. So Is he still you talking? Cry, you yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really crying? Yes. <laughs> oh. Um, I've been in denial and been flipping about everything the whole time. <laughs> Well, did you did you notice how I had really a lot of trouble talking during the Batman during the Batman review? Yeah, no. it was sort of that's when it sort of started really sink in, and that's why I, I was not able to form complete thoughts. But Aww. I think it's important for everyone to know that you know, when Ron told, came to us and told us he had this opportunity, Josh and I didn't hesitate to say you absolutely have to take it. It was there's no rancor in our part. Yeah. Um, I mean that was li- that was literally the conversation we had. I mean, like we like we got on the phone. I told them what was happening, and like their and their response was Josh. I, Josh said it was like you're crazy if you don't do it. Yeah. So um, uh, we're very happy for him. We're very proud of him. There's no one better for this job he's about to do, and uh, you know, so we are very looking. We're looking forward to seeing what he's got uh, for us, and we're looking forward to you know 
what the future brings. We're excited about Paul. Paul's been great. If you listen to the show, you know Paul's filled in a lot. He's been our go-to fill-in guy. He fits yeah. in well with us. Yeah. You know, which is the most important thing about doing a podcast with someone. And uh, you know, we'll lose a bit with Ron. We'll gain a bit with Paul, and and hopefully it'll still be fun for everybody. I, I believe that iFanboy will continue to power on. What we built here has been so special and so um, just so amazing. The past, the, I mean, twelve years total, but the past six years, seven years have been just amazing. So many people, you know, other podcasters, other comics media folks, people, the publishers, all the creators, all the stuff that I've had the opportunity to connect with and and um, get to know is just it's just been it's been life altering. It's been changing. Um, we we've joked a lot about. Uh, Josh Connor and I have joked a lot about the in the past five years, like you know, like I can't imagine my life without iFanboy in it. Yeah, and I don't really know how. Like I, I'm, I like I guess I'll listen to the show. I don't like, <laughs> like it's just it's, it's crazy. Well, that but, you know, and that's a good you know place to talk about next week. Next week is Ron's last show. It is his last pick of the week after twelve years of writing picks of the week. Yep. And so we hope to do a fun show. We're not going to get you know we've been talking about it now. Josh is crying. But we're really going to do the the full on farewell to Ron next week on the show, and that's his last episode. Yep. Uh, we're going to do probably an extra long show, and we are probably going to live stream it over UStream like we do sometimes for special shows. So you can come along and watch the blubbering. We're hoping. Happen. We're, we're hoping to. We're yeah. hoping to. We yeah. haven't really nailed it down down yet, but that's our plan yeah. so that you can watch Josh cry and and uh, Ron drink, and uh, I don't know what I'll do. I might cry too. Yeah. I've been holding it together, but. I might just not be able to speak, so I'll just be the guy quietly sitting in the corner. So yeah, yeah and I know I know a lot of this is going to be repeated next week and stuff like that. Yeah. But just to reiterate, anybody who cares or whatever that these two guys are like brothers to me, and yeah. we and while this kind of is a change in our relationship, I we you know like it, that nothing will ever change that, and I, you wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see me knock around the halls of my fanboy once you know once in a while uh, because I, Lord knows I won't be able to stay away. So. <laughs> So go forth and be excellent, my friends. You you guys are you guys are amazing, and and I, you know, I say it over and over again that I can't thank you enough. But uh, I dragged you into this, <laughs> so so I, I I'm glad that my leaving uh, it will continue on. So yeah, okay. How Take- you doing, Josh? You're right. I can't get it together. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk. So you, in the meantime, uh, you can check out iFanboy.com while Ron is still here for one more week. You can read uh, my Pick of the Week review. Uh, you won't be reading his Book of the Month review. That'll be Paul's uh, debut, probably. Um, I was really uh, urgent about that. <laughs> Paul, you need to start right away. I can't be doing another <laughs> Book of the Month review so soon. Uh, you can read all the great news and discussion that goes on there every day at iFanboy.com. You can also go to iFanboy.com slash about to see our updated staff page. Uh, as well as the social network links uh, to follow us online. You can follow all the action at twitter.com slash ifanboy and facebook.com slash ifanboy as well. And as I mentioned, you can email us, you can email these guys at contact, <laughs> contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at 188-FANBOYS. That's 188-326-2697. And if you want to write a review for us in iTunes, you should do that for this show or the other shows or other shows that you like. Make sure that you tell other people about it if you like it and however the way is best for you. You put it on your Facebook page. Get one of those sandwich boards and stand on the side of the road next to the subway guy. It'll bug him, but it might bring us a few more listeners. And what the hell? Let's give it a shot. <laughs> awesome. Definitely I would love. I would love that. So uh, that love be, that. I want to see. I want to see a sandwich board guy walk, walk in the streets of uh, Park City in Utah during Sundance. There you go. <laughs> All <laughs> right, a film deal. So that's it for this week's show. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> until until next week, I continue to be Ron. I'm Connor. I'm going to be Michael Caine because it's easier. (laughs) 
<laughs> Just hide your emotions behind Michael Caine. Or better, I better. can write things that are serious, but I can't say them. <laughs> How hard is it to switch gear? Could you do a conversation between Michael Caine and Eddie Vedder? So, did you... Wait, I can't... Hold on. <laughs> no, sometimes it's a bit hard, but... Could you tell us about the concert in Stockholm in '91? We we just we just unplugged our instruments and, and played. It was very nice. It was right. very, we, we... That wasn't as fun as I thought it'd be. Sorry. <laughs> That's the way to end the show. 